0: Chapter 30 of Carpenter's Geographical Reader, South America. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Carpenter's Geographical Reader, South America, by Frank Carpenter. Chapter 30. Paraguay, a Curious Tea, the Chaco and its Indians. We have returned from our trip in the interior and are again on our way to the north. There are boats twice a week from Asuncion to Via Concepcion, and once a fortnight a Brazilian steamer calls at the Paraguay ports on its way into the wilds of southern Brazil. We resolve to go first to Via Concepcion and from there to make some tours through the forests on both sides of the river. Shortly after leaving Asuncion, the Paraguay narrows the scenes along it are of great beauty the banks are well wooded we now and then see a clearing in which there is a village with orange trees hanging above the thatched huts there are more wild birds than there were farther south alligators are numerous and when we rise before day we now and then catch a glimpse of a panther swimming across the river as they sometimes do about dawn we pass the mouth of the river confuso and come to land again at villa concepcion here we see scores of men bringing bales of mate or paraguay tea down to the wharves and putting them on the steamer mate is one of the chief exports of paraguay it commands a high price in all south american countries below the equator and indeed paraguay produces so much of it every year that if the product were all cooked up at once it would make a cup of tea for every man woman and child in the world mate was used as tea before columbus discovered america the indians induced the spaniards to try it and it has now become the favorite beverage of many south american nations argentina uses seven times as much mate as coffee and twenty-six times as much mate as chinese or japanese tea Brazil, which raises more coffee than any other country in the world, uses a great deal of mate, and the people of Uruguay and Chile prefer it to all other drinks. But what is this tea that so tickles the South American palate? It is easy to learn. There is a woman on the steamer who is drinking some now. Our cabin boy will bring us a bowl if we ask him. It is served in a round gourd as big as a baseball. The gourd has a handle fitted into the side, and you drink your tea boiling hot. A spoonful of the powdered leaves is put into the bowl. The hot water is poured in, and the tea is ready for use. You do not put the bowl to your mouth, but suck the mate up through a tube. The tube is called a bombilla, bombaria. Sometimes it is of silver, sometimes of brass, and among the poorer people often a hollow reed. The metal tube ends in a bulb. THE BULB IS PIERCED WITH HOLES, SO THAT THE TEA IS STRAINED AS YOU SUCK IT INTO YOUR MOUTH. HERE COMES THE BOY WITH ARMATÉ. BE CAREFUL HOW YOU PUT THE BOMBILLA BETWEEN YOUR LIPS. THE BOILING TEA HAS MADE IT SO HOT THAT IT MAY TAKE OFF THE SKIN. WET YOUR LIPS FIRST, AND THEN TRY IT. HOW BITTER THE TEA IS. IT DOES NOT TASTE AT ALL GOOD AT FIRST DRINKING, BUT YOU WILL COME TO LIKE IT, AND WILL PROBABLY WANT IT AGAIN AND AGAIN DURING OUR TOUR the tea is quite stimulating it is said to be good for the brain and it will refresh you when you are tired many south americans take nothing else for their early breakfast if the gauchos of the argentina pampas can have their mate in the morning they will gallop on horseback all day and be satisfied if they get their first meal when we are eating our suppers we leave the ship at villa concepcion and go many miles inland to see the tea forests. They are called urbocs. The plants which furnish the mate are low bushes which grow among the other trees. They are much like the holly bush and sometimes grow as high as a small orange tree. The leaves are green all year round and it is the younger leaves which make the best tea. The people who gather the mate leaves are called yerbateros. They chop off the small branches, and bring them in bundles to the camps which have been put up in the forest. Here there are drying houses, each consisting of a framework with an arched roof of poles woven together and upheld by posts. Under the roof there is a floor of clay so well hammered down that it is as hard as stone. The branches are taken from the men as soon as they are brought in by other laborers who we weave them in and out among the poles of the roof so that the framework is thatched with the leaves. Then a slow fire is built on the clay floor. The leaves are thus roasted until they are perfectly dry. Sweet-smelling woods are used for fuel, and the fires are kept up from daylight until dark, great care being taken that there be but little smoke. When the leaves have become perfectly dry, the fire is removed, and the leaves are pushed through the framework, crumbling up as they fall to the floor. They are now pounded with flat wooden clubs until they become a coarse powder, this forms the mate of commerce. The mate powder is now ready for packing. This is done in bags of rawhide. The skin of a large ox is taken, just as it comes fresh from the animal and sewed up, forming a bag like a square pillowcase about three feet in length. Into this, the mate is put, being so pounded down that when the bag is full, it forms a solid bale. Now the top is sewed up with thongs of green hide and the bale is placed in the sun the skin dries as the sun rays strike it shrinking it and pressing the mate tighter and tighter until the whole seems one solid rock about a million dollars worth of such bales of tea are made in paraguay each year and we shall see mule trains loaded with them making their way toward villa concepcion and the other parts of the country we meet many indians as we go through the forests. Some of the more civilized are employed gathering mate, while others are savage, and we must be careful how we go about by ourselves. We find this especially so in the Chaco, in which we make some journeys after coming back to Villa Concepcion. The Paraguayan Chaco is inhabited almost entirely by Indians, some of whom are of the strangest tribes of our hemisphere. There are some Indians who go naked all the year round the tobas for instance wear but little clothes except when they come into the presence of white people across the Paraguay river to trade these indians are very tall being six feet in height their skin is so thick that it is said they can walk on thorny ground without sandals the men are good hunters and fishers but the women do most of the work planting crops cooking the meals and weaving the blankets the toba women tattoo themselves in blue and red hues and dye their hair yellow another tribe is the Linguas. they are experts in taming wild animals and birds farther north there are indians who were noted as oarsmen when the spanish first came they were terrible warriors and when on the rivers they had oars tipped with spearheads so that in close combats they could use them as weapons many of the south american indians do not live in wigwams some wander from place to place having no houses whatever others have villages with huts so built together that one roof of straw thatch covers several houses one part of the hut is used for cooking and another for sleeping the people sleep upon skins when they have them otherwise on the bare ground the women are good cooks and some are quite cleanly washing their pots and pans at the close of each meal they have but few cooking utensils they use shells for spoons. Every one carries his own knife, but forks are unknown. Their chief weapons are bows and arrows, some of the Indians being so skillful that they can bring down the most savage beasts of the forest. The Chaco is a great hunting country. We can shoot alligators along any of the small streams, and in traveling near the water at night we have to step carefully, lest we get our feet into their mouths there are jaguars in the chaco so strong that one of them can easily carry off an ox or a horse they do not attack men unless they are very hungry and if we meet them in the underbrush a yell will usually drive them away as we camp overnight in the forest however we are now and then aroused by the crack of a branch and looking up see the fierce eyes of a brute flashing out of the darkness we find that we have to send away our dogs the jaguars hate dogs and we are told that for this reason it is dangerous to travel with them through the forest among the most dangerous animals of the chaco are the wild dogs there is one called the aguaraguazu which is a beast of prey it is not quite three feet long and is for all the world like a sharp-eared yellow dog with black legs it has a sharp muzzle and its ears are always erect it has a bushy tail like that of a fox it has a horse bark which can be heard a long way off. This dog lives in the swamps and goes out hunting at night. It attacks sheep and cattle and will fight for its life with a jaguar. But what is that shrill whistling cry which we hear night after night as we go through the forest? That is a taper, an animal with a head much like a pig, although it is as big as a pony. It is very dangerous if interfered with but its skin is so thick that it is almost impossible to kill it unless you hit it just in the forehead or behind the shoulder. Even more dangerous, however, are the peccaries, which are found in great numbers in parts of the Chaco. They are little wild pigs with sharp teeth which go in herds of eight or ten and sometimes in droves of fifty or more. They are very ferocious and often attack travelers who come near them on foot. If we should meet them, our best way would be to climb a tree and shoot at them from there. Peccaries live on roots and fallen fruits. They eat the wild oranges and the nuts of the woods, and often come at night close to the Paraguayan villages to get the oranges which grow in the gardens. There are many other curious beasts which live in these forests. We might stay for weeks and have excellent hunting, for in addition to the dangerous animals, there are many species of deer, antelope, and different kinds of birds the mail steamer however is almost due at villa concepcion and we must hurry back if we would go in it to brazil End of chapter thirty